Welcome to the Sisters in Zion podcast with Danielle and Kirsten, who are best friends and active members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is not an official podcast of the Church. This is a safe place for sisters to gather through conversations to draw closer to Christ. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sisters in Zion podcast. This is Danielle. Daniel here with you, and I'm with Kirsten Kirschbaum. Hey, everyone. Super excited to be here today. Yeah, we are so grateful to be connected with you through this podcast. We felt really inspired, like we've talked about, to do this. And not because we want to dive into deep doctrine or anything like that. It really has to do with the most crucial piece of our existence, which is being closer to our Savior. And we felt strongly just sharing our personal experiences and how those have helped us draw closer to our Savior and how our experiences can do that. What I feel um, excited about with Kirsten and I is that, you know, we, like we've talked about, we're, we've been best friends for about 20 years and we met through spiritual, you know, methods and we've just become, you know, even better friends throughout all these years. But what I love is that we are, we're so much alike, but we're also so different. And she's this, you know, beautiful mom of five boys, married, and just has this, you know, beautiful life, lives in Hawaii. And I am beautiful as well, but single, and I live in San Diego, and I know what it's like to long for marriage and children and not be able to have those. And so I feel like we have a really good, um, just a aspect. Synergy. Yeah, synergy with yeah. it that can, we can relate to a lot of what you guys are going through, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We both bring a unique perspective and it's one that I, I feel like really serves our friendship and it serves all the people who, you know, listen to us, right? We, we kind of have very different views on things, but we're anchored with our relationship with our savior. Yeah, absolutely. So we're excited to, you know, be able to relate with you guys as well. I know everybody goes through, this life is about going through adversities, right? And drawing closer to the Savior is the only way I've been able to get through the adversities in my life. So I want to share a little bit so you can get to know me and be a little vulnerable as well and get to know my background. Um, I'm just going to go and do little bits of aspects of it anyway. But um, I grew up, we lived in LA when I was a little girl and then moved to Salt Lake. And then I moved back to California about 20 years ago. And that's when I met Kirsten, obviously. And I've been in San Diego for a long time. But before I um, moved back to California, I actually went to Dixie College. And my whole life, I pretty much grew up mostly inactive, just not really knowing much and just kind of going with the flow with high school. I did go to seminary because because I felt good there, but I didn't really feel like I wouldn't go to church. I wasn't very active. And it was, it was my second year in, at Dixie College. It's a two-year school at the time. It was my second year, and I felt lost. Like, I just felt, I just felt so purposeless. It was really a, um, a sad time in my life, even though things were going great. My friends, we were going to parties. There were hot guys there. I just it felt so meaningless to me. And one day I remember very distinctly, I was kneeling down at my bed at college and crying. And I was kind of praying, but I guess I didn't really pray at the time, but I was just felt like sad. And a thought came to my mind that said, you know, get your scriptures out. And I, for some reason I had them down with me and I went to my closet, grabbed them out. And I don't even remember still to this day what I read, but I do know that I opened up the book of Mormon. I started reading it. It has such a power to it. It just, I didn't even know what I read. It didn't, wasn't, there wasn't a message necessarily, but it was how I felt 
And it's what brought me back to the church. And a year later, I served a mission. I know Kirsten's had similar experiences with, you know, just the Book of Mormon and the power that it can have of drawing you closer to the Savior. Absolutely. I think we've all had, right, those, those moments that kind of anchor us back. And even when we don't feel like we know exactly why, I mean, I talked about before about even paying my tithing, not even really knowing why or <laughs> literally thinking, well, at least I can give them some money. You know what I mean? And so for you, it's like, there's so many little tiny baby steps that seem insignificant right? And you're like, well, I guess I could open up this book of Mormon that I learned about in seminary. Like <laughs> there's so many layers, right? That you can draw from and you just kind of pick those little things out that kind of anchor you back into your life's path. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And that's really what it did for me. Anchored me back. I decided to serve a mission and I ended up serving my mission in Chile in Concepcion. So Southern Chile. At the time, it was one mission, and it was just the best experience, and that really anchored me in loving the scriptures, understanding a little bit more about my Savior. I would say I was still pretty new at, the, at believing in the reality of Him, and that's come through other um, challenges I've had in my life, but I loved my mission. So after my mission, I'm like, what, 22? I'm like, all right. I'm going to get married, right? Just like everybody else. <laughs> That's the pattern. <laughs> right. Everybody else is doing it, right? So, and I want, and I wanted to get married and I, of course, wanted to have children. I was, you know, I was dating and a little hesitant, you know, a little nervous about dating. But, you know, 23 came, 24 came, 25 came. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I'll get married before 30. And so I wasn't really stressed about it. And I didn't get married before 30. I had um, two different guys that I dated pretty seriously that um, were close to marriage, but it didn't end up happening. And I'm going to share with you guys at the moment of this podcast, I'm actually 42 and still single. And it's been a rough journey in, in certain ways because I, I know that we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Satan tonight. He loves to use the whatever your... Um, maybe your differences, right? Your difference in society. And the difference for me was I'm the oldest of six um, kids or six of us siblings. I'm the oldest and all of them are married with kids, but me. And so he's like, Ooh, let's just, let's get on this. Then we can make her feel like crap, you know? And I had to really go through a battle with that. And so I'm going to share a little bit about how being single and not alone is the actual truth and not how single it, you're not alone just because you're single. Absolutely. I, I've Danielle, we've been friends for a long time and you've seen me, you know, get married and you were at my wedding and my parents were thanking you at my wedding that, that you were a huge part of me actually getting to the temple and getting married. And, you know, I think your point to the concept of being alone is actually unrelated to whether you're married. I think that you can be married and still be al feel alone, right? Although you are not alone. You can have a bunch of kids like me and still feel alone and sometimes actually want to be alone <laughs> from those children. But it's, it's a state of mind and it's about your relationship with your savior. And the truth is, is that you're not ever alone, right? You, you don't ever leave. You shared with me recently a very cool um experience, and I'm sure you can talk about that at some point, where you were, you know, really in, in deep prayer, 
with our father in heaven and with the savior and, and you kind of being like, okay, well, I'm going to go now. And, and, you know, just feeling like both of our, our savior and our father in heaven going, well, where are you going? You're, you're, no, you're not actually going like we're still here, <laughs> you know? So this concept of never being alone is so, so important. I know you've got some great insights on that. So. Yeah, it's so true. And I want to share a couple, I want to share, um, a main, you know, kind of the path that I took in learning this to give others insight and just opening ourselves to be closer to our savior. That's really what it's about because that's what saved me, right? Our savior. And so my first several years of being single and not married, no boyfriend bringing home. I'd have, I know all my grandmas, when are you going to get married? When do you have a boyfriend yet? Are you dating? You know, all the grandparents asking, I'm sure you guys get sick of the question too. Or like, are you just too picky? I've heard it all. (laughs) What's wrong with you? Oh. And I'm like, actually one guy at the temple say that what's wrong with you. And I'm like, Oh, so when you were 19 and married, there was nothing wrong with you. <laughs> That's what right. I said back. Right. I mean, nicely, but he, everybody means well. I know they just don't understand sometimes. And so they're just like, huh? You're like, what's up? You know, so, so the first, I want to share the holidays because I've actually been, you know, happy and single and, and doing really well for myself, finishing my doctorate, um, being very successful in my business. But it was always the holidays in the very beginning that um, every year would go by, would get harder and harder. And I remember going home, seeing all my siblings, their kids, and just feeling, again, just like so out of place that no one understands, alone, and just I was so different and just felt so empty and just all these emotions. And it sucked, honestly. And I allowed those emotions to like just take control of me. So do you know what I started doing was instead of going home for Christmas and Thanksgiving, I would travel. I would just tell my family, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here. And I distracted myself and it, I had a great time. I was in Paris, you know, I just, wherever I could go and just go distract myself. And I had a, I had a good time, but the holiday day would come and I would just kind of like, like ah, glaze over like it doesn't matter I'm gonna go see the Eiffel Tower you know I would just kind of it was still a distraction I still wasn't anchoring myself Wow. so yeah so what I realized is several years ago um I just I realized that I couldn't keep up the distraction I just it was it, it just wasn't sustainable right we do these things and it's not sustainable unless it's anchored in truth and Finally, I started going, I just want to stay home. I'm sick of traveling. I don't want to get another airplane, especially around the holidays. And I just was like, I want to stay home, but I'm going to need help. And so I finally, I finally, and this was like my late thirties now, I finally turned to my savior and I said, I need help. Like I need to understand, like I, I want to understand what, how can I feel okay during the holidays? And I want to share a couple insights that came to me that really did anchor me. One of them was that, and this is a quote that I I ended up putting it up on my, my Facebook wall because it helped me so much. And it was this, you can write this down. It was loneliness is a state of mind, not a situation. And that just helped me go, okay, you're right. And like Kirsten said a second ago, like when you're alone, you could be alone and have people around you. It's, it's a state of mind. It's really not a situation. And then the second thing that really helped me was that the, 
the holiday, right? It's a day. It, sometimes it's a Tuesday. Sometimes it's a Wednesday. Sometimes it's a Thursday. Like it, it's just a day. Like I felt like the, you know, I just felt from the spirit was like, why are you putting so much pressure on, you know, a Tuesday and then Wednesday you're fine. So it was really interesting. So um, anyway, I'll kind of go on from there. So what happened was um, that Christmas, um, I remember on the 24th, I just kept repeating and just knowing those things. And I decided I'm going to be good. I'm, I'm close to my savior, the holiday. And that was the other thing. The third thing, sorry, it was three things was I felt like, I got insight that the holiday is about the savior. It's not about gifts. It's not about Christmas trees. It's not about lights. It's not about even being around your family. It's about the savior. And so that helped me. Um, it doesn't mean it's not a good thing to be around your family. It's just, it's not centered in that it's centered in him. It's a day that we remember him that we as a society chose to remember him. Yeah. So it helped me just put, not put so much like pressure on myself about it. Yeah. And that, that day came and it was the 24th. That I remember, you know, Christmas Eve and I felt great. It was, I was like, I'm so happy. Like I was so happy and content with my life and with myself. And I'm like at the beach, I'm like, whatever. I just felt so good. And I just kept um, reading. I read the scriptures. I just, I read Luke, you know, you know, by myself. And I just, I had a great day. But it was the evening, something interesting happened that I learned a lot from that I wanted to share with you guys. So that evening, uh, my friend who was in town, she had invited me to her family's for Christmas Eve. And so I was like, yeah, that'd be great. I'll go hang out with your family. And I knew I wasn't going to beat myself up. I wasn't going to sit and feel sorry, wah, wah, you know, for myself being alone. I just felt so centered. So I leave my house. And it was as soon as I left my house, all this darkness set in. And I'm driving in my neighborhood and I just felt all of a sudden so lonely and purposeless and just worthless. It was crazy. And I was allowing these thoughts to take root in me. And I remember so clearly being at the stop sign by my house to turn onto the main road. And I just, before I turned, I just said a prayer. I'm like, please, I don't want to sink into this. And I just kept repeating because loneliness is a state of mind, not a situation. You know, the holidays about my savior and having a relationship. I just want to be close to him. And I just begged and prayed. And within about 10 minutes, that icky, dark feeling left me. And I felt completely close to my savior again and centered it was incredible. And, you know, I kind of imagine the Satan and his little legions, right? They're like the December 1st rolls around and he says, all right, you guys, this is our month. We have to do our worst. And especially you've got two days, two days. You have to make everybody feel as worthless as they can. I don't care about their situation. You just, you just pluck at their weaknesses on those two days, right? Don't you think he uses that? Oh my gosh, there's, I'm thinking so many things right now. I'm thinking not only about, you know, being single, but so many families who have lost loved ones and have started to hate the holidays or, you know, like just there's so many situations that apply here. And here's what's really getting to me. I'm, I'm imagining you leaving your house and it's like you, you have to go through this 10 minutes of darkness. Like my question is like, well, Heavenly Father could have protected you from that. Like he could have made them stay away from you for that 10 minutes of darkness. Why didn't he keep them away from you for 10 minutes? Why did you have to go through that 10 minutes of darkness? 
And how often do so many of us, like maybe you're in like the ninth minute of darkness and, and you're just like done. Like you just, you can't handle anymore, you know? And, and that's not to say, you know, judgment, like, oh, you should handle darkness longer, you know? But I'm just saying like, wow. Mm-hmm. He allows that to come. It is part of turning back to him and like hanging on and clinging to that. I, I like part of me is like, ah, don't let that part come. I hate that part. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, you were doing so good. Why did you have to go through that part? But why did you? Why did you have to go through that part? Well, I think it teaches us the power the Savior has and that we, we really do need him to turn. Yeah. And when we turn over, so when I just said a prayer and I just bathed and all of a sudden I felt back to normal, I was like, oh my gosh, oh, I love you. I was yeah. like, it made me just love him so much. And I think you, I love that you brought up my situation, being single, you know, no, never been married, no kids. It's stiff. It doesn't matter your situation, Satan. And, and those emotions are real. They really tie at you, whether you've lost somebody, a loved one, maybe a child, maybe a husband, your situation it's just the same, like I said, they just get together and they're like, these are your two days, you guys do your worst. And they, yeah. they work on you. Yeah. And when I love that, I had the experience to be able to turn it back over to my savior. And that night I had a great time at the families. I felt just happy with myself and who I was and my situation. And I realized, you know, Christmas is about my savior, not my situation. Yeah. And the next day I, I spent Christmas by myself. It was I had a great day, honestly. I mean, I just, I just prayed and I felt close to Heavenly Father and my Savior. I went, I did go to the beach, of course. I live like a mile from it. And so I just, I just enjoyed myself. And what's interesting that, you know, the pattern, so I'm going to, you know, come full circle here. I started out just feeling horrible. I bought into the, the aloneness and how different I was and all that, you know, all those lies. I bought into it. And so my heart holidays were awful. And then after that, I started distracting, right? And I was like, I'm doing good. I, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden I go to this Christmas where I'm finally learning and turning to my savior and going, I am, I have purpose. I'm, it's okay that my situation's different. It's okay that I'm not the norm. But then what's really cool is this last few years, I had somebody say something to me. And what happened was that she was saying, what are you gonna do for the holidays? I'm like, nothing. I just love being by, I was like, I love being by myself. I have a great time, you know? And she's like, but Danielle, she said, I remember this so, so strongly. She said, there are people who need you though. There are people who need the strength that you have. You should, you should invite some people over. And I was like, Oh, but that means I have to cook and I don't like cooking, but <laughs> cater, just cater it. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I know, seriously. So then I, I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to cook. And then it sat with me. And so now I've turned my Christmases where I invite all the single women or anybody who like may not feel like they have a place. I invite them over and I make pancakes because I can make pancakes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they bring fruit and I, we do orange juice. And so now I've turned it from, you know, loathing it to distraction, to feeling great being alone, to actually serving others. And it's so much more joyful. And I just... Wow. Just wanted to share that little experience for you guys today. That is so beautiful. Oh my gosh, I love it. Um, I want to thank you for that. I don't feel like I could add anything or take anything away. I just, I'm thinking about something because these are conversations, right? So I'm thinking about um, 
<laughs> I actually have a hard time with holidays too, believe it or not. Um, not in a bad way, but I just have never really felt like a holiday was a reason to have to celebrate something. Like I've just always just been like, Hey, every day's Christmas. Like every day's my birthday. Every day's, you know, like I'm celebrating the resurrection of my savior Easter or whatever. You know what I mean? I've actually kind of had a hard time with the commercialization of a holiday or the commercialization of our religion. Even, you know, I, I actually think there's a lot of viewpoints there that can be, turned upside down and re-examined and some traditions there that may have um, family meaning or traditional meaning. However, it doesn't mean anything when it comes to your relationship with the Savior. Like if your Christmas tree is really big and beautiful and bright and the most amazing Christmas tree you've ever seen, good, like awesome. You love that. That brings you closer to feeling, you know, happy, right? For me, that doesn't, that doesn't do it for me. I actually don't feel happier. In fact, Kyle and I had this big, beautiful Christmas tree because we thought that's what we were supposed to do. And we started noticing that every year when it was time to decorate this huge Christmas tree, and we're talking huge, like my husband is 6'2", and he's like on his tippy toes on the tallest ladder trying to decorate this like 13-foot tree. It was miserable. Like, miserable. We're fighting. The kids are fighting. The kids want to put bulbs on the tree. We're like, no, 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 don't touch it. You're going to break the bulbs. And then you plug in the lights and then half of the lights don't work. You know what I mean? It's just the whole thing. We're like, whoa, why are we doing this to ourselves? Like, this is silly. This is Satan getting in and creating a whole viewpoint of a holiday so that you feel like crap. So he does it to us in any situation. And in fact, I was just thinking, even with this beautiful breakfast, this pan, this pancake breakfast that you do now, right? I was already thinking like, hmm, I wonder how Satan will try to get into that. Like, cause he will, you know what I mean? Like he will, he'll try to infiltrate like, oh, well, maybe you should have done a different kind of pancakes. Oh, your pancakes aren't gluten-free. Oh, your pancake, oh, you, you didn't get organic raspberry. Like, I don't even know. I'm just making this stuff up. But it's like truth. Like that's what he does in any type of good situation that you overcome. There is that 10 minutes of darkness that you get to choose how you're going to make it out of that, right? How you're going to rise above and turn back. I wrote on my little notes here, I wrote learning and turning. That's a phrase that I think we could all remember, kind of keep in our heads. Like that's like, you know, the action of the day is to learn and turn. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's such a good point. And, and here's what, you know, the bottom line is anything that is um, negative and isolates you from feeling love mm. is not of our heavenly father because he is full of love and the savior is full of love, kindness, understanding. He's slow to anger. He's not critical. So if you're feeling critical, that has not come from him. And so what's helped me with um, like just thinking about holidays and all that stuff is just knowing that I am loved by him. And sometimes I don't I will admit, like, I was like, okay, yeah, he loves me. And I just had a hard time really receiving that. So my, my suggestion would be knowing where the, the dark feelings come from. They come from Satan and you just go, 
I, I choose actually not to buy into him. So knowing that helps me go, nope, that I don't want, I don't want anything to do with him. And so it's easier for me to shut those out instead of believe them. And then the second thing is just continuing when you're struggling, especially to just pray and go, I need help. Yeah. I need to fill your love. I need, I need you. And it's like, when we ask, it is given to us and insights. Like I told you the insight of, you know, loneliness is a state of mind, not a situation. Like insights will come to you. Christmas is about our savior, not our situation as well. And just um, different things that will anchor you and get you closer to the, not only just closer to him, but to the belief system that will allow you to be close to him because it will start shutting out the negative belief system. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I'm thinking about, you know, observing how far you've come, actually, if I do say so. Watching how you have evolved and thinking about our listeners and where they may be, right? And imagining yourself like 10 years ago and how you were struggling or five years ago even, you know, or any time when you're struggling and really having someone say to you, like, what, what advice would you give for someone who hasn't already had the revelation that you've had? You know, they haven't already felt that closeness to the savior to where they can, I feel like once you've had enough of these situations where you learn and turn, it becomes a little easier to learn and turn, right? It becomes a little easier to know, oh, this is my 10 minutes of darkness. I know what this is. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do the steps. I'm going to get out of it. Because when you're in it, you almost even like, you want to be in it. You know, you want to feel that. Satan knows he gets inside and just like every feeling and, and parts of your heart and mind. It's like, I have times where I'm like, I know that this is Satan and I'm, I, I want to feel it. I want to go through it. I'm processing all the feelings, which sounds terrible, but it's true. So what's your advice that you would give for someone who is like right in the middle of that? Yeah, I've had a couple thoughts as you were saying that. Um, one is anything that makes you isolated or a victim, like that you think that you are like a victim or you blame others, that is not of God. So knowing that, and, and just, first of all, making a choice, do you want to have your like eye and your mind single to the glory of God? Meaning, do you want to think and feel and see things as he sees them? Right? So that's, that's our ultimate goal. So if that's your ultimate goal, right? If you have things that are not how he thinks and sees them, um, identifying what those are, identify what they are for you. Um, they, they're going to be, they're going to be different than my story. But mm -hmm. I, the one thing is the, anything that makes you feel like you are want, wah, sorry for yourself, victim blame. Those are, don't come from God. The next thing was critical. Mm -hmm. God isn't critical. Oh, I should have done this. I could, I could have, should have. He's just so grateful for what you can give. And Christ grace isn't doesn't make up your difference it is everything it's just you are on your journey to learn and christ grace is there for every single bit of it for what you do or don't give it doesn't matter i love i love that about grace it's not like okay well you pay 10 cents and i'll pay the rest he already paid it all <laughs> he's paid it yeah. so remembering the criticism is not how he speaks to you. So the key is to learn and 
turn our thoughts to him and learn how he speaks to you. So I've told you what he doesn't say, right? So now um, my next advice would just be pray and ask him to teach you how he speaks to your mind, how he thinks and sees you and and you will get insights and I write those down I call it my PPM time my pray pray ponder meditate and I'll ask him a question and I'll just I'll just meditate and you know clear my mind and listen for what he says and then he'll, I'll feel a thought come in my mind and I'll ponder it and just ask him about it and and that's how I'm starting to learn how this savior speaks to us and how he can um how he loves us mm -hmm. and yeah. i i'm just got one, one last thing is i teach a primary class right and i i used to go around the rooms i've been teaching them for a couple of years now and i would just say you know jesus loves and i would say each of their names olivia and jesus loves ethan and jesus and now i'm saying all of their names and and the very beginning when i said it i didn't say myself i just went around and said them and one of the little kids look how sweet he goes and Jesus loves Sister Danny. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow! So, saying that to yourself, Jesus. Yeah. I know it sounds kind of funny. Like I'm talking to seven, you know, six and seven year olds because that's what I was. But Jesus loves Danielle. Jesus loves Kirsten. Jesus loves me. And just saying that in your mind, like I do to my little kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, there's so many ways I could go with that. I mean, thinking about your six and seven year old self, actually, who may need to hear that, right? Who actually may need to be healed in that way. Um, that's really cool. Well, I will start practicing saying Jesus loves Kirsten. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. I hope that's helpful. It's certainly helpful for me. And I would just, I would just say that give yourself more love and grace too. Like understanding that where you're at right now is not where you're going to stay. When you just turn, just even so slightly, just towards the Savior, just a little bit more towards the light and just give yourself grace, you know? And, and if, you wanna, if you wanna fall back into the deep depression and think all the negative things about it, like if, even if you do, you know, okay, great. And then get back up and learn and turn and maybe the next time you're, you're 10 minutes of darkness, you know, it'll turn into nine minutes of darkness. And just knowing like, I know that can be exhausting and it's not what you want. It's not what you wanted to choose. If you would have been given like a piece of paper in the beginning, right? You would have chosen, okay, so then I'll go on a mission and then I'll get married when I'm like 23 and a half and then I'll have this many kids. And you know, I mean, yeah. And God knows so much more than you. And it's okay. It's okay to feel everything about it. And it's also more than okay to learn and turn back and become who he desires for you to be. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Thanks everybody for being on with us today. It was so great to, you know, just talk about these wonderful things. It makes me so happy just talking about how real the savior is and how much he does love us and, and that it's not about judgment. It's just, it's love and growth. And when you feel love, you want to grow. It's not about, oh, I feel love. I don't have to like push myself. It's not that. When you feel loved, oh, it makes you want so much to be better and more. And yeah. that's what being close to him, you know, it's what we're all striving for and it's what it's about. So thank you so much. Amen. <laughs> thank you. Thanks. All right. Bye, bye everybody. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Sisters in Zion podcast. 
Music is compliments of Marshall McDonald and can be found on his Sunday Best album. You can share this podcast with others through your podcast app or Podbean website. Join us next week for more experiences, enlightenment, and conversations to draw closer to Christ.